Blog Talk Radio. Greetings to everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Brother Hawk Bolden, and as usual, we're so grateful uh, to the Lord to come before you and share with you the things that uh, the Lord has laid on my heart to share. All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's go to the 11th chapter of the book of uh, Matthew. I'm just going to go over a quick lesson. The 11th chapter of the book of Matthew, we're going to start reading at verse uh, 1. All right, it says, And it came to pass, when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Now, so, of course, now John the Baptist knew and understood that he was the forerunner of Christ. You can think about the situation that John the Baptist finds himself in, and you may wonder, well, why is he? Why is John the Baptist sending his disciples to ask if he really is the one when he himself said that Jesus Christ was the one, you know, early on in Jesus' ministry? But you think about John the Baptist is in prison. He has preached a message and has told Herod that it's not lawful for him to have his brother's wife, and you know, to be married to her or whatever it was they had going on. And so John the Baptist was, was a prophet, and so he he knew that his end was near. He knew that he must uh, decrease while the Lord increases. And so there he is in prison. I'm sure he had an idea that he, he uh, that, you know, because of that situation, him saying that to a king, you know, uh, King Herod, that his head was going to be taken, you know, I'm sure he was aware of that, uh, that it wasn't going to turn out good at least. And so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus Christ, was he the one? Now, when you think about different situations, that you know, like that type of situation where you're, you're under strain and um, not, I'm sure John the Baptist didn't have a problem with dying, you see, I don't believe any believer really has a problem with dying, but John the Baptist really wanted to make sure or to, to, for it to be settled in his mind that he had finished his course. If he understood that he was the forerunner of Jesus Christ, of the Messiah, then he wanted to make sure this is it. I've done what I was supposed to do. It wasn't from a fearful standpoint, you know, and 
not really knowing. He just wanted to hear from the horse's mouth that you are the one. And, of course, the word got back to him that Jesus Christ was the one. Now, we called him Jesus Christ. They called him Jesus, which was a common name. So we call him Christ because we know that he was the Messiah. But at that time, uh, that was still up in the air, you know, among folks that were looking for the Messiah. That, you know, that idea was still up in the air, whether or not he was the Christ. And so in the 11th chapter of the book of, of Matthew, we see that John the Baptist is in prison. Uh, he sends his disciples to ask, sent two of his disciples to ask the Lord, uh, are you the one that should come or do we look for another? Again, what he's really asking or really wanting to know is if he's basically, has he finished what he was supposed to finish? being the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Now, we know that he knew that he was the forerunner of the Messiah. He didn't know that. And so he's basically just wanting to make sure that his course is finished. In other words, because he understood, now, if you're not the Christ, I'm going to have to get out of here and continue preaching because I have to, you know, I'm his forerunner. We, Our ministries are going to overlap just a little bit there. So, you see, and so he, he wanted that validated for himself, you see that. And I tell you, um, I, that's, that's my main concern, is making sure that I finish what the Lord has called me to do. You know, the Lord can come and get me at any time after I finish what he's called me to do. That's, that's, I believe that's any believer's concern. I don't care about living to be 100 years old or 80 years old. I just want to finish what God has called me to do if I'm 50 then I want to make sure that I'm finished, you know, whatever age it is, uh, I want to be sure that I'm finished doing what the Lord has called me to do. You see that? And you keep in mind, John the Baptist was a young man, hadn't made it to 33 yet. You see that? They, they, you think about it, these, these are young men, you see, young men. And so... Verse 3, we'll read that, pick up there again. It says, And said unto him, Are thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Verse 4, Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. So he's telling John's disciples, Go and, and basically relate to him what you all are looking at, what you're seeing and what you're hearing. You see that? And then he goes on to say what it is. The blind receive their sight. Now you notice that it starts there. The Bible makes it clear that up until Jesus Christ came, no man had ever been healed from blindness. That 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 didn't happen. We don't we don't see that in the Bible. And so notice that he starts with that. The blind receive their sight. That was something as far as we know. And according to the scriptures, something that had not been done. You see? The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, what we want to focus on is verse 6. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. We have touched on this before. Yesterday we spoke about it just briefly. Somebody had wrote us, uh, sent us a message, an email saying that, you know, talking about offense. 
And so we've talked about this before. And like I said yesterday, and you may have heard me saying times past, you make a choice to be offended. When people get offended, it is a choice. It is not something that is automatic. You do not have to get offended at anything. Again, somebody can come up to you and slap you, break your neck by slapping you your face, and you can still choose not to be offended. That is a choice. You see that? It doesn't matter what anyone do to you. You have to accept responsibility to, for how you react towards it. So the last thing you want to do as a believer is make excuses for your behavior based on somebody else's behavior. You see that? If you get offended at anything, it is because offense is in you to begin with. It's not what the other person have done. You see that? Really, it's not. Because if you get offended at uh, somebody slapping you, you'll get offended at somebody talking about you or somebody, you know, offense is there. Now, it may show up for different people on different levels, but if you can get offended, it's because offense is on the inside of you, you see. And so I want you to notice what he says there. Verse 5, we're going to read that again, and we're going to put these together. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Verse 6, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. I think that's very interesting that uh, he says it that way. You see that? That he, he says it that way. Um, let's go ahead and keep reading. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yeah, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violence taken it by force. By force, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if ye will receive it, this is Elijah, which was for to come. So, here's what we want to address here. What we want to address. Back up to verse five. So we'll go. We'll start after verse. Uh, we're going to verse seven. He asked them, what did you go out to see? What did you go into the wilderness to see? And so what does this have to be off what does this have to do with offense, you may ask? A lot of times people have in their mind how things are gonna come, why they're gonna come, what to expect when they get here. And for instance, you you know, there are times that in the past where I have watched movies and I have read the reviews of those movies. And, you know, of course, my wife have told me, don't go off of reviews. You know, take, draw your own conclusion. And I really just be wanting to see a lot of times what people have to say. 
And it's amazing to me that you can have one person say, this was the best movie ever, I'm glad I'm, I watched it, and I'm going to go see it again. And then you have another person saying, don't waste your money. That was two hours that I'll never get back in my life. <laughs> and so you have these extremes. And over the years of reading reviews every now and then, I have come to this conclusion. What is it? What is it that makes people's opinions so different about those movies? The same movie, but two extreme opinions. You know what it is? Expectations. That one that really enjoyed the movie, they may have went in there with no expectation. Just, okay, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how it's going to be. And they watch it, and they say, okay, this is pretty good. But that one that says, don't waste your money, that was the worst two hours of my life, and I'll never get those two hours back, and it was a waste of money, and I wish I could get a refund, whatever else they be saying. That was the person that went in there expecting for the movie to be a certain way, and it's not. Maybe they're expecting an action thriller or whatever, and it's really a love story. Their expectation is what set them up for to be disappointed. And so sometimes, even in the things, in spiritual things, people expect things to be a certain way. And when it's not, they get offended. That's why Jesus asked them. What Notice he didn't start off saying, you know, John the Baptist was a prophet, and there was no greater prophet born to a woman than him. He didn't start off with that. He started off asking them, what did you expect when you saw him? John the Baptist was very popular. Now, we, we don't read a whole lot about his ministry, but we know that he was very popular. He could stand in, in the faces of kings and befriend some of them and also actually tell them, hey, now, you know you shouldn't be married to this woman. You should have this woman. You see, he was a very popular man. And so his reputation was out. And, you know, he think about it. Now, he was just, at that time, just as popular as Jesus Christ, but without the miracles. Now, you think about how much, how popular he had to be, where he was just, at that time, just as popular as Jesus Christ, but not for doing miracles. The Bible makes it clear he didn't do one miracle, but was perceived as a prophet, was accepted as a prophet. And so people, no doubt, were flocking to see him, you know, and so Jesus is asking his disciples, what did you, uh, the multitudes there, what did you go to see? In other words, what did you expect when you saw this man? How do you think prophets dress? How do you think they live? You see that? What, what was your expectation of him? You see that? And then he goes on, uh, you know, to basically let them know the high-mindedness wasn't there, those that wear soft raiment. They live in king's houses. You think about John the Baptist's diet, his clothing. He basically just wore a girdle of, uh, uh, you know, like this leather around his waist to cover his private parts. That was it. He was a simple man. And you know what I learned? Sometimes when people are high-minded, they don't like simplicity. They don't like simple men. You know, they don't like that. So he asked him, what did you go out to see, a prophet? Okay, yeah, you, he validated himself as a prophet because he knew about some things that was taking place ahead of time, and God validated him as a prophet, you know, speaking God's word and things like that. But he says, yeah, but I found you he was more than that. 
Then he eases into it to let them know. He basically finds John the Baptist in the Old Testament. That's why he says that the, the, the prophets of old spoke, they prophesied until John. In other words, his ministry was prophesied in the Bible, you know, in the Old Testament. And then he goes on to tell them, but if you will receive it, now notice he didn't say he didn't start off with that, but he says if you will receive it, this was Elijah who was to come. Now Jesus has to ease this upon them so that they can actually get an understanding, okay, yeah, this was Elijah. And so he started off letting them know he was a man of low estate. He didn't come, think about it, he came the way Elijah came, a simple man. We know hardly anything about Elijah's personal life. You see that? A simple man. And then he eases on into that, that this was Elijah who was to come. But notice what he says, if you will receive it. You see, so he talked so he, he talked about John the Baptist early on. Look what he says in verse five, the blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Why does he say that? Right after talking about all of the miracles that have taken place. You know why the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers were cleansed, the deaf heard? The dead were raised up and the poor had the gospel preached to them. You know who received all of this? The people that received their sight, the people who received their hearing, the people who were raised from the dead, you know, the, the people, the lame who were able to walk, the, the lepers who were cleansed, all of these people had one thing in common. What was it? They were not offended in Jesus Christ. They were not sitting around talking about this is Mary and Joseph's son. You know, now, of course, you can go and you can read that in the sixth chapter of the book of Mark, uh, verse 1 through, I think, 6, where they talking about, you know, some of the people, the Bible says that he could do no mighty works in his own hometown. Why? Because they watched him grow up. They, they no doubt, he was playing with their children, some of their children, or was playing with some of them. They watched him take out the trash and his own brothers and sisters, you know, you think about it. Would you accept it if your sibling told you, you know, I'm the Messiah? You know, this Bible says that I was to come to this world? No, you would laugh the way that they laugh. You see that? And so they were offended because they thought they knew him because they expected him to come a certain way. What was one of the names that he was given? The son of David. Well, who was David? The king. Was he walking around looking like John the Baptist? In, in in camel hair, just you know, dressed like a caveman. No, he wore fine clothing. You see that he was rich, and so they um, they felt like, well, the king, if the king of the son of David, in other words, is going to come and restore Israel, then he's going to pre- he's going to look like David. Except he didn't. That's why Jesus says, "What did you expect to see?" You see that? And so what happens, what gets people offended, and this is the way the law to work too, you'll be praying and asking the Lord, Lord, can you heal me of blindness? Can you heal me of this? And God will send somebody to you that you don't like. You don't expect it to come the way it's coming, and you will miss your blessing. That's why the Lord says, 
Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Why? Because the vessel that God sends can heal you, can do anything spiritually for you as long as you are offended in that vessel. And the Lord will purposely send you that person for the purpose of exposing offense in your heart. The idea isn't, you know, the idea isn't um, the Lord adjusting to you, but you adjusting to the Lord. Now, why did the Lord start off that way? You see, I, I, like I've said you before, I've been sent to pray for people that were offended, and the Lord couldn't do anything for them. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt, if they would just remove their offense, God would help them. But God couldn't do anything for them. You know why God started off that way with people? Why he sends those that people will be offended at? You know why? Because he understands, even if I overrode your offense and healed you, later on you would be offended and you would just lose that healing and then you would lie and say, well, I never was healed to begin with. You see that? That's why the Lord starts off that way, to show you as an individual, you got offense in your heart. How I many of you would be drowning out in the middle of the sea or in the middle of the lake somewhere and, and somebody comes swim to you to rescue you and you'd be like, no, no, uh-uh, I, I'm not going to accept you. are going to have to send somebody else. But you know people do that all the time. The offense is a choice. And, and the Bible makes it clear, you cannot receive from someone that you are offended at. Let's back up to the 10th chapter of the book of Matthew, of the same book here, the 10th chapter. And we're going to read, start reading at verse 40. He says, he that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Now, he, he said this all throughout the gospel. If somebody receives you, they receive me. I think it's very interesting that people think they can receive God without receiving the one that God sent. You're deceived. You see, that's, that's anarchy and that's rebellion. That you to, for you to think that you can receive God, that you really have a relationship with God, and not receive the one that God sent to you. You see that? So look what he says. He that receiveth you receiveth me. You see? Now, this Bible. Now, you might not like it. You might not like the idea that God didn't call you to preach, and so you need to hear a preacher. But I'm telling you, God's not going to dumb down his word or remove his word because of your pride your inability to receive from someone. You need to get past whoever it was that offended you or whatever offense you have in your heart towards preachers or whoever. You need to get past that so that you can receive. Verse 41, he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. What is he saying? You know, think about what he's saying there. What does he explain that? He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. So let me give you the base of what that's talking about, about receiving a prophet. And, and if you receive a prophet, you receive his reward. The reward is what he comes with. Jesus Christ was the prophet. We read in verse 5 of chapter 11 here that he came with power to heal. That was the reward. And so, but he had to be received. 
for that to be received, that what he had in his hand to be received. Everybody understand? He had to be received. So they couldn't be offended at him and still get healed by him. It was impossible. You see that? So that's what that's saying, that he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive the prophet's reward. So whatever God endows that prophet with is his reward to you that receive it. But look at what he says. You receive that prophet in the name of a prophet. Notice what he, I think is very interesting how he puts that. You receive a prophet in the name of a prophet. In other words, it's not based on y'all being friends. It's not based on y'all having your personality just meshing together and y'all just flow together and y'all could be best friends in real life. It's not based on y'all went to school together and you know his reputation and you're just glad to be in his company and God, you know, is using him mightily. It's not based on you liking that prophet. When he says receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, what is he talking about? Receiving him just because he is a prophet, not because you like him, not because you like the way he preached, not because you like the way he walks, the car he drives, the house he lives in, the neighborhood he lives in, not because his children are well-mannered or they shake your hand every time you come to church. It's not about all of that. That's fleshly junk. That's the junk that gets you offended. He said receive him because he is validated, because he is a prophet. Receive him because of the office, not because you like him as a person. See, because you know, these personality, unfortunately, in church today, we have personality cliques and all of that, and God's not into that. That's what causes people to get offended to begin with. And people get mad when you, you know, I've, I've said from the pulpit, God didn't call me to be friends with everybody. He called me to preach his gospel. Now, I'm a friendly person, but God didn't, my main concern is not being friends with you. My concern is preaching what the Lord tells me to preach. I ain't, you know, all that other stuff, I believe if we're meant to be friends, we'll be friends. But I'm, for one, I'm not trying to force anything. You see that? And so, and people got offended at that. We even had one leave the church because I said that. Well, you know, that's just, you You already offended. Now, I believe we're all brothers and sisters in Christ as long as we're in Christ. But being friends, that's a different story. You see that? Now, I understand that everybody ain't called to walk with me, and I ain't trying to make them. Now, that's where your trouble starts. For you, some of you individuals, you got to be friends with everybody, and everybody got to like you, and your, your day is just ruined when somebody, you know, I ain't got time for all of that. You see, I know who I am in the Lord, and so I'm not trying to win a personality contest. I'm not trying to be favored by you. I'm not. I'm not preaching for people to speak well of me. I'm only concerned with one's opinion. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that called me. You see that? And so He said that you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, just because that person is a prophet, you receive them, and then you receive his reward. Why? Because anything else is flesh, and it leaves room open for you to get offended. And I've seen that happen. People love people that God used, and God may use that 
minister to bless that person some kind of way, you know, naturally so, whatever, spiritually so. And then later on, as you get to know the person, you figure out, oh, you're not all that friendly. You're not, I thought you was this way. And then I've seen people lose their healing, lose what they had received because they couldn't get over. We're not going to be close because there's about you that I don't like. You see that? You're blessed if you learn not to be offended. You know, people live their lives like that, live their life in offense. You're only blessed if you learn not to be offended. You'll be living, and just in general, just generally speaking, you're a happier person if you learn not to walk in offense. Because you know what happens? The offense that you have, it causes you to put off this vibe, really the spirit that comes with it, it becomes more obvious. And now, if you're not careful, you got people offended at you because of what you're throwing off. That person, you can't experience love. You can't experience joy offended. So you're not only blessed if you're not offended in Jesus Christ and those that he said, you're blessed if you learn to walk around without being offended, without getting your feelings hurt easily. You, somebody can hurt you. Somebody can do something against you that you don't like, but you can choose not to be offended. And but why? You know what happens when you have offense in your heart? You won't, you can't receive from God. It's impossible for you to receive from God. You won't even hold on to what God has for you as long as you're walking around with offense. So release that. Learn to live a life where you're not offended, where you're not walking around with, on, you know, and people don't know how to deal with you because they don't know how you want to react. After a while, people have just learned not to be around you. They just won't want to be around you if they don't know how you're going to react to certain things. You see that? And a person that's got an offended heart, they can take anything and, and turn it sour. They can take something that's just the most innocent thing and just make it the devil. That's not God's will. You see that? Learn not to walk in offense. You see that? That's God's will. All right. So we want to say thank you all so much. In fact, let me go ahead and pray. Let's go ahead and uh, pray uh, over what we were just talking about. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, we thank you for this message. We thank you for um, explaining what it is you wanted to say to us this morning. And, God, I ask that you will help those who are listening in, those that are watching, Lord, help them not to walk in offense. If there's any offense in their heart towards their brother or sister or whomever, God, I pray that you will expose it, that you will help them to want to remove it, and that you will remove it by the power of God, that you will help them, Lord, not to walk in offense. Show them, Lord, that it's a trap of the enemy and it's a vice of Satan. And, Lord, I pray that you will help them to walk in love, let them know that your love and offense can't dwell in the same place. So, Lord, I pray that you will help them to give heed and take heed to this message and walk in the victory in the area of offense. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, so we want to say thank you all again for joining us today. I pray that something was said that have blessed you, and we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you. Have a blessed day.